0: This is what happens, folks, when I take a break. This is what happens when I go off for a bit to get away from the crazy. And when I come back, what happens? Even more crazy that I have to deal with. This one I saw on Twitter. Of course I did. And it's about Hillary Clinton... And Huma Abedin. And Huma Abedin, for those of you who don't know, she was once married to that pervert, Anthony Weiner, and she also worked for Hillary at some point. And I hope you're sitting down for this one. An extreme snuff film, an extreme snuff film is in quotes, featuring Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin, seriously, folks, you need to sit down for this one. Raping and mutilating a prepubescent girl is circulating on the dark web, according to sources familiar with the material. I bet they are. The video, codenamed Drip, whatever the hell that means, has been circulating on the dark web, yes, we know, since Monday, according to reliable sources who have viewed the material. Uh, But they did. And confirmed the content is worse than any nightmare. They should get a load of some of mine. See, folks? Crazy. And what's worse is that I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would have to come onto this podcast and kind of sort of defend Hillary Clinton. But, but this is insane. Absolutely insane. Hillary Clinton may be many things. Many, many things. In my opinion, she's as corrupt as the day is long. As William Sapphire once called her, she is a congenital liar who, along with her husband, Slick Willie, they've enriched themselves with that slush fund they call the Clinton Foundation. If Hillary Clinton told me that water was wet, I would stick my finger in a glass of it just to make sure. That's how much of a corrupt liar I think she is. But seriously, folks, the chasm, the vast chasm between being a corrupt DC pig to being a rapist and mutilator of young girls Even worse, a voyeuristic rapist and mutilator of young girls, raping and mutilating young girls on camera. That is deranged thinking. I'm sorry if I'm insulting you, but if you truly believe in your heart of hearts that Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin are raping and mutilating young girls on camera. I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, this is the kind of insane garbage that led to that Pizzagate thing, where it was this kind of talk, but that there was some sort of pedophilia human trafficking ring going on at some pizza parlor in D.C., And some nut job, reading about this fake pedophilia human trafficking ring, he shows up to the pizza place with an AR-15 rifle and fired three shots into the building. All because of the lies, the insane lies he'd been reading online. And I have a friend of mine. Thankfully, She does not listen to the podcast, but I have a very dear friend of mine. We grew up together. I've known her since the late 70s. That's how long we've been friends. Our families were close when we were growing up, and we're still, we still keep in touch on a regular basis, and I hate to say this, but... She's kind of a QAnon person. And she has said to me, on more than one occasion, about the supposed pedophile rings in D.C., she's convinced, she is totally convinced, that that is going on in D.C. And I have no doubt, there are a ton of people who see this and believe it. Believe that Hillary Clinton... And Huma Abedin are raping and mutilating young girls on camera. Which I guess could be true. But seriously, folks, yeah no. Another one. I'll believe it when I see it. And on a lighter note, White Boy Malcolm X forgot to mention this to you. I got an email. I won't mention here who I got it from. But it was an email. It was basically where you can exchange points for experiences. You can bid on different experiences. And I saw one. It was for OAR in concert. Some VIP experience to hang out with OAR. They'd probably be like, Well, if you and I went, they'd be like, who the hell are these two middle-aged queens? Exactly. Although I bet that'd be a good concert to go to. And when I saw that, for like five seconds, I confused O.A.R. with Imagine Dragons. Exactly. Dan Reynolds. Yummy. And his sweaty abs. But alas, no. And last I checked, it was only 75,000 points. But this is the kicker from this email. Guess what? Well, you'll never guess. But guess what D-list has been loser? Well, you can basically... Hang out with this joker for an hour. Some happy hour thing. Hanging out with them for an hour. Which to me, would not be a happy hour. I don't care how much booze is involved. It would not be a happy hour. But that's what you can bid on. So any guess, sir? Any guess on what D-list has been loser is up for auction. Ed Sheeran? (laughs) White boy Malcolm X. Jesus Christmas, sir. We do not want to piss off the Ed Sheeran groupies out there. We've already pissed off the QAnon folks. I'm already going to get enough grief over that one. I don't need the suburban mom crowd. Pissed off at me too. No. No, I'll tell you who it is. It's Snooky. Snooky who? Exactly. And for you folks who don't know who Snooky is, she's some. She was on that white trash parade known as Jersey Shore. That MTV show from like. I don't even know, 10, 15 years ago, she's a has-been, D-list, fake reality TV star. And to tell you how sick some people are, what kind of desperate star effers are out there, her bid is up to 175,000 points to hang out with Snooki at happy hour. And you'll probably have to pay for her drinks, too. And I have no doubt, some of you people, you star effers out there, whoever wins this Snooky happy hour thing, they'll be out there. Oh, I had happy hour cocktails with Snooky. And if that makes you feel better about yourself, okay, then. If you say so. For this next story, and as a public service announcement, to Billy, I hate the gay for pay business model Eichner, Michael Yuri. I guess we'll toss in that little bitch from Heartstopper, beefy teenager Kick Connor. we'll toss him in here too. But this is a trigger warning to you three clowns. If you're out there listening to this podcast, I would, I'd skip ahead about five or six minutes. You're not going to like this one. So three, two, one. And this is from Variety. Stanley Tucci says it's fine for straight actors to play gay roles. You're supposed to play different people. That's the whole point of it. See, folks, that's why I had to do a trigger warning. Those three, they get really butt hurt when it comes to this sort of thing. Billy and Michael, they really hate, 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 hate the gay for pay business model. And Kit Connor, that whiny little bisexual from Heartstopper playing pretend that he's still into women, he's out there, oh, we need more bisexual representation. Like anyone gives a crap about bisexuals. No. And so with Stanley here, who I have to say, he's a really good actor. I don't think he's gotten enough credit for some of the roles he's played. Everything I've ever seen him in, I've enjoyed. So with this, he was on BBC Radio 4's Desert Island Discs show. And I guess it came up, the Gay for Pay business model. He's done Gay for Pay twice now. Of course, the Devil Wears Prada. And he also did Gay for Pay in Supernova. Supernova. But this is what he had to say about playing gay for pay. Obviously, I believe that's fine. I am always very flattered when gay men come up to me and talk to me about the Devil Wears Prada or they talk about Supernova and they say that it was just so beautiful, you know, you did it the right way. Because often it's not done the right way which was very nice, but then he just had to add this. An actor is an actor is an actor. You're supposed to play different people. You just are. That's the whole point of it. Which, to people like Billy Eichner and Michael Urie, that is heresy. Only gay actors should be allowed to play gay characters, which is just kind of silly. To Stanley's point here, it's called acting for a reason. You're playing different people. That's why it's called acting, which I guess Billy Eichner and Michael Urie, they couldn't act their way out of a paper bag, so they're just acting out. When a straight guy can play gay better than they can. And they're the real thing. And Stanley, if you're out there listening to this podcast. No more gay for pay for you. Not because I agree with Billy and Michael on this. Obviously, I don't. But if you keep doing gay for pay. You're going to put me. In a very uncomfortable position. Because here on the Miller Frost Podcast. We support. World-renowned gay for pay actor. Benedict Cumberbatch. He is our favorite. Gay for pay actor. That's why we make fun of the Twinkie Twins. Timothy Chalamet. And Taryn Edgerton. Because they're out there. And failing miserably at it by the way trying to usurp world-renowned gay-for-pay actor Benedict Cumberbatch. And I would hate to see you lowering yourself to that. You, sir, are better than that. So no more gay-for-pay for for you. From MSNBC, Gwyneth Paltrow is pushing snake oil to fellow COVID long-haulers. Paltrow should know that medical science is bound by rules and integrity in a way that speculative wellness isn't. Isn't this the woman? No. I know this is the woman because we had a story on it, I'll say, probably two years ago or so, but it was a story about Gwyneth Paltrow selling candles that smelled like her hoo-hoo. If you ever wanted to know what Gwyneth Paltrow's hoo-hoo smelled like, you can buy a candle, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, that smells just like it. Which, I don't know why anyone would even bother. It's not like Gwyneth Paltrow has a magical hoo-hoo like Taylor Swift does. Everyone knows that Taylor Swift has a magical hoo-hoo. And why does Taylor Swift have a magical hoo-hoo? Because men, celebrity men, will line up down the street for a taste of it to get to have, even if only temporarily, access to Taylor Swift's magical hoo-hoo. And they do that knowing that she's going to dump them at some point, write a song or three to trash them publicly, get all the deranged Swifties out there hating on them, and they still do it. That's how magical Taylor Swift's magical hoo-hoo is. Men will go through hell and back to get it. But anyway, and I guess this goes to the star-effer obsession out there. These people who hang on every word of some dim-witted, vapid celebrity like Gwyneth Paltrow here. But you'd have to be a complete blithering idiot to take medical advice from a woman who sells who scented candles. I mean, that's a whole new level of dumb. Taking medical advice from Gwyneth Paltrow. I'd rather take it from Snooky at happy hour. And this COVID long haul thing, well, she's not hawking it for a change. It's not something she's trying to sell. But I guess she's had it done to her and is out there bragging about how wonderful it is. But it's, get this folks, and I am not making this up. I could not make up anything this nutty if I tried. But she's touting to help with the COVID Rectal ozone therapy. Sticking ozone up your ass to help with COVID. And calm down out there, you queens. It's probably not as much fun as you think it is. Although it might be. Who knows? I have no idea how you get ozone up your ass. And I'm not even going to attempt to look it up. My search history is entertaining enough. I don't need to add rectal ozone therapy to the mix. And how much you want to bet, folks, there are a ton of star effers out there that hang on to every word this silly clown says. Probably have a whole house full of her hoo-hoo scented candles around who walk around their own houses burning these candles, getting off on smelling Gwyneth Paltrow's nasty-ass hoo-hoo. I'm sure a ton of them, they've already Googled rectal ozone therapy, even if they don't have long COVID. They're going to go out and have that done just because Gwyneth Paltrow had it done to her. And if you're dumb enough to do that, well, I'd say you have fun with that. But shoving ozone up your ass doesn't sound very fun at all. At least to me. But I guess enjoy it if you do. Speaking of Taylor Swift and her magical hoo-hoo, how's this from page six? Taylor Swift changes misogynistic, better-than-revenge lyrics on Speak Now, Taylor's version. What is she now? I think she's like, I don't know if she's 30 yet, but she's got to be like like late 20s or something. I don't know. I don't really care. But I'll tell you what. Taylor Swift, in her world, high school never ends. This song, this Better Than Revenge song, this is about, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, about some actress named Camilla Bell. No idea who she is. But Camilla, she dated one of the Joni brothers. She went out with Joe Jonas and she did that right after Taylor kicked Joe to the curb. And so Taylor, again folks, who lives in a world where high school never ends, she wrote Better Than Revenge to trash Camilla Bell for the nerve of getting her sloppy seconds. So trashing her ex-boyfriend's, isn't good enough anymore. She now has to go out, trash any woman who dares to date them after she does. What? What do you want now, White Boy Malcolm X? The lyrics? You want the lyrics? What Taylor said about Camilla Bell? You are such a catty queen. Okay, fine. Where are they? Okay, here you go. She's not a saint, and she's not what you think. She's an actress, whoa. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress, whoa. Damn. Like I always say, folks, hell hath no fury like a woman or a queen scorned. Women and Queens. And you women and Queens know what I'm talking about. You straight men out there on the receiving end of it, you definitely know what I'm talking about. But women and queens, no one does petty and vindictive like a woman or a queen. And before you get too butthurt out there, I know plenty of women and queens who aren't petty and vindictive. I'm not saying all of them are. But, but, if someone is out there being petty and vindictive, chances are the odds are really good that it's either a woman or a queen. And the funny thing about her changing these lyrics And she apparently did so because her and Joe are on good terms or something. She wanted to play nice with him or something. But her Swifties, these rabid tween girls, these hysterical Gen Z chicks out there who worship at her feet, some of them, man, they are really triggered That Taylor, maybe possibly, is going soft. They love mean, petty, and vindictive Taylor Swift. They want Taylor to call other women whores. They want Taylor to trash her ex-boyfriends publicly. And they're all over social media. Of course they are whining and complaining about this because that's how they live vicariously through her. That's how they get to be mean and spiteful and vindictive through her. And if she's not going to do that anymore, I guess they're going to take all their toys and stomp home. Maybe find some other dopey singer to channel their rage through. So, Taylor, be forewarned. You either give your fans what they want or they're going to find someone who will. And trust me, dear, you do not want to wind up like Madonna, writhing around on Instagram like a tragic aging hooker. Oops, I mean sex worker. Getting butchered by some strip mall plastic surgeon and looking like a deranged puffer fish on crack. So you better find your inner mean girl. I know you have it in you, princess. And get back to work. From the Daily Wire, nation's largest teachers union recommends teachers read genderqueer white fragility over the summer. Speaking of schools and teachers, though, we'll get back to this thing in a second. But how's this from Fox News? Columbus City Schools paid more than $24,000 for queer and trans inclusion training. School district training claims children are not too young to talk about or know their gender. This garbage is everywhere. Literally everywhere. If Columbus, Ohio, if the school district in Columbus, Ohio, in a very Republican state, in the middle of flyover country, if they're bending the knee to our new gender identity overlords, It's pretty much everywhere. This screwing with other people's kids. It's bad enough when some horny high school teacher hands out free orgasms to some pimply-faced teenage boy. That's screwing with kids on one level, but this trying to, I don't know, indoctrinate other people's kids on this gender identity cult that's out there playing pretend gender with super special pain in the ass pronouns transing away that gay that is a sickness these people are sick in the head trying to bring this insanity into schools screwing around with other people's kids in the process but back to this this story on the National Education Association recommending the teachers to read Gender Queer and White Fragility over the summer. Now, Gender Queer is by Maya Kobabe. I think that's how you pronounce it. K O B A B E. Sorry, Maya if I butchered your last name there. But genderqueer, that apparently includes pornographic cartoon illustrations of sex between two men with a sex toy, as well as oral sex, masturbation, and other sexually explicit content. And if genderqueer rings a bell for you, That's one of the books that parents want thrown out of the schools. That's one of the books that some politicians want thrown out of the schools. But if you want that book showing two men and a sex toy going at it, showing people giving Lewinsky's, people defiling themselves, if you don't want that anywhere near a school... Oh, you're a book-banning Nazi. That's the kind of hysterical reaction you get from woke leftists if you don't want this pornographic garbage around your kids. And white fragility. Really? Poor Ibram X. Kendi, who is our favorite woke folk here on the Miller Frost podcast. Poor Ibram, poor Taneshi Coates. And we've been covering this on and off for like, well, almost three years now. Almost three full years now. And it's basically how white interloper Robin D'Angelo, who is the author of White Fragility, how she has come in, gotten in on this hating whitey shtick and she's basically stealing Benjamins from the woke folk. And that's why I call her white interloper Robin D'Angelo, because she goes in there, this entitled hysterical white woman, she goes in there and starts trashing whitey, evil racist whitey, using her white privilege, her white power, leveraging systemic racism, all to make a buck, trashing other white people, cutting in on the woke folks' action, trashing whitey. So the National Education Association, by choosing a white author, a white interloper, instead of one of the real woke folks out there, They are propagating systemic racism. Putting the hysterical white woman of privilege and her book sales above those of Ibram X. Kendi. And he's probably like, what the hell? This damn white woman again? Stealing my book sales? And they wonder why we hate whitey. Can't even make a buck trashing whitey without Whitey cutting in on the action. Damn you, white interloper Robin DiAngelo. Damn you to hell. Exactly, Ibram. Exactly. And for our last story, folks, it's from the New York Post. Millennials are the biggest liars of all generations, survey reveals. Well, looky here, millennials are the biggest liars of all generations, at least according to this survey, and in this survey, and this was done by online gaming service Playstar, no idea who they are, but they asked all these different people about lying in the workplace and On social media. And to break down the responses. Only 2% of boomers. Okay, boomer. They admitted to lying. At least once a day. Gen X. Which is white boy Malcolm X to me. And Gen Z. Only 5% of them. Admitted to lying at least once a day. But millennials, taking my advice to go big or go home, 13% of them admitted to it, admitted to lying at least once a day. And where are they lying? Almost a third of millennials admitted to lying on their resumes. And about 40% of millennials admitted to lying to the boss to avoid embarrassment in the workplace. Although, who am I to judge on that? Not that I've lied on a resume or anything. Although, I hear it's quite common. But I have lied to a boss or two before. Oh, you're a great boss. If I ever said that to a boss, that's what they call Gen X cynicism and sarcasm. That is a Gen X quality. So I guess that's not really a lie. So I take that back. That was just me being sarcastic. And they were too dumb to figure it out. And I've had some horrible bosses in my lifetime. Some real doozies. The Peter Principle in action. Rising to the level of their incompetence. But anyway... Of course, social media is the other big area of lying. No kidding. No duh. Only 11% of Gen Xers and 14% of boomers admitted to lying on social media. But, but, almost a quarter of millennials, or 23%, And just over 1 in 5 Gen Zers, about 21%, said that they have lied on social media this year to impress people. Which I think is another lie. I think those numbers, this 23 or 21% with kids these days, I can't believe that number isn't at least 50 to 75% lying on social media. In this article, what they're positing as a theory as to why these kids are lying more, they referenced a 2012 study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology which found that millennials are more focused on money, image, and fame than previous generations. I'd like to see where the Gen Z kids fall on that social media, that toxic cesspool social media with Instagram and TikTok, all these vapid social media influencers, this silly. Oh, you have to have a personal brand that people try to curate about themselves online. It's all kind of come together to make some people unhinged when it comes to this kind of stuff, lying and pretending and whatever to be social media famous. And this last little tidbit I found interesting, men lied more than women, not by much. But it was 26% of men to 23% of women who admitted to lying. Well, if it's men, it's probably either the size of their man meat or the number of times they've been laid. And any man under six feet tall, they always, at least the gay ones, and you queens know who you are. They always lie about their height. And if it's a millennial Gen Z guy, probably lying about their high score on Call of Duty or that they really don't live in their parents' basement. But all of it, a lie. So on that note, since I cannot top millennials being the biggest liars, even if, I suspect, Gen Z will put them to shame at some point and whatever the hell the next generation that's coming up will make them both look like pikers, rank amateurs when it comes to lying. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this weekend edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we'll see you back here for our 200th podcast in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.